So um, we're both very tired. Well, I'm just tired. You're tired and ill. Yeah, the old classic ill on podcast recording day, as has happened just frequently. I don't know. It's a tradition, isn't it? It's not. If I'm if I'm it well, is. it's something's not right. <laughs> and it has to be on a big week like this. It can't be um, on a kind of uh, a no news week. Yeah. Uh, just, yeah, the biggest biggest events of the the year on the Apple calendar, and yeah, I'm I'm wrecked. Yeah, well, I, I can kind of join you on that to to a degree because I I don't feel like I've slept much, but um, it's been it's been quite a, a start to dad life in that respect. Uh, all because of of Tim. It's all Tim's fault. Um, although to be fair, uh, so for those that don't know, I became a dad at last. What day is it? Is it? went Thursday today, Thursday. Isn't it? so I became a dad a week and a half ago basically uh, to a little boy Harrison um, all great all fantastic mum's great as well um, but he was due funnily enough on Tuesday this week but he, so he was a bit early um, which worked out perfectly because I realized I mean I think it, before you come a, become a parent everyone tells you that you're being very naive about the things that you're planning to do after parent after you become a parent um, and one of those things I was being very naive about was assuming that I would somehow be able to if he did come this week uh, still cover WWDC I now know that would have been absolutely impossible bearing in mind that I was uh, editing the uh, WWDC reaction video one-handed at 2.30 a.m. on uh, Tuesday morning. Um, I had the baby in the other hand, just to clarify that. Um, uh, that kind of illustrated to me that it wouldn't have been possible if he'd come a week, well, when he was due, basically. Um, but it's great. I, mean, I love being a dad already. It's fantastic. It's just a very, very busy time. Um, and I have a very understanding partner, which is the best thing about it, really. Yeah, that's very impressive to have been able to uh, edit your video one-handed. Although I th it might become clearer now why I rely so much on my Apple Watch. Now that, that I was thinking <laughs> that, to be fair. Yeah, uh, your words are ringing in my ears now. All the things that you've been telling me about being a dad and the fact that, you, like you say, you use dictation more and you use your Apple Watch a lot. I, could, I can completely see why now. And also, going back completely off topic, but to the, you remember the, the Sony Link Buds? Mm-hmm the weird headphones with the holes in them from Sony. Um, I think you mentioned that they could be great sort of care, caregiving headphones. I've not used them yet for that, but 100% that they'll, they'll definitely play quite a big role over the next few months, I think. Because um, when, when you're feeding at like, you know, three o'clock in the morning, you do, I'd like to do something at the same time, but you can't really because you've got this baby in your hand and you don't want to drop it. And particularly when, when you're a new, a new parent, you're scared that anything you do, it's going to break. Yeah. <laughs> your child which is not true because they're pretty robust but um yeah it'd be nice to do something but then you don't want to put a great big pair of noise cancelling headphones on so you can't hear anything um so i will have to get those link buds out i think and give them a give them a shot for that for that reason but it was a very big week for other reasons um wwdc i think we'll do the obvious thing which everyone does because it's just easier and we're both knackered and tired <laughs> and the rest of it and go, <laughs> and go through um, as much of it as we can because I've, I've got, I don't know about you, but I've got loads of notes we, I can kind of go from um, and we'll just tackle it in order of appearance, I think. What, what do you, you reckon? Are, did you not see on the on the Discord? I do this every, for every event in actual fact, is just out of habit, 
I guess because I, I, I attend lots of meetings and I'm always taking notes and I'm distributing, you know, minutes and things to people just in my day-to-day job. I can't help it. I don't know why I approach a leisure activity like catching up on the latest Apple news as a and then apply work practice to it. But, you know, I, I watched it live and like yourself, I was, you know, we were in the Discord and, you know, there was a, a good buzz in there. And we were all sort of sharing our thoughts in real time. But afterwards... I watched the whole thing again and I took, I, I noted down every single thing that was mentioned and even pausing on the end of section slides. You know, they do those sort of slides at the end, which just, just got where they, it, it shows all of the things that they talked about and quite often a couple of things that, that weren't mentioned, which are hmm. always quite interesting. Um, and I also looked at all the, at the websites because they've got new, you know, preview pages for Mac OS, iOS, the new Macs, and so on and so forth. So I just looked for little details in there again that weren't mentioned, but uh, that I thought were quite interesting. So I actually, I, I, I uh, the question was, did I make any notes? The answer is yes, yes. I, I made ridiculous, <laughs> a ridiculous amount. Of, well, yeah, I mean, you, you know, from my well, in fact, I didn't, I didn't put anything in our notion this week did i i get and it would be did ridiculous it? because yeah. uh, there's there's so much to talk about so yeah i think we'll, just, we'll go off off the cuff just the things that, that really stood out i think so one of the first things i was surprised about that there was no kind of live audience i know there were people there were a lot of people there outside weren't there and in the, the kind of foyer area of apple park uh watching on big screens and stuff and i think um from what i heard um tim cook and um Air Force One, his name. What does his name always escape me? Craig Federighi. Craig, Craig Federighi. I always go for Air Force One before Craig, <laughs> which is always a bit odd. But um, but yeah, Tim and Craig did a little thing, I think, on to kind of introduce the day. I who, think. who was the star um, but, of the show? It has to be said. Oh, he was, he was brilliant. <laughs> they're really leaning into him, aren't they? It's and um, I think it's great, and I think they're, they're really balancing that kind of embarrassing dad slash. Um, retaining some semblance of uh, respect. They're, they're doing that quite well, I think. Um, but yeah, I, I was just surprised they, they didn't do anything in the Steve Jobs Theatre. Um, although I, I was listening to Matt Break Weekly earlier, um, and someone on there made quite a good point. I can't think of who it was. Uh, but they made a good point that it, it would probably feel quite slow now, doing a, a kind of stage-based um, launch event for whatever it is, if it's software or hardware, based on how fast-paced these pre-recorded things are, it probably would feel a little bit, almost a bit kind of old-fashioned and a bit too slow, which I kind of, I, I appreciate that. But well, um, we got to see watched- Craig, Federighi, Fe- Craig Federighi in sweats shooting hoops, <laughs> if they were doing it live. And the slow run, which <laughs> is, that's a, that's a forever meme, isn't it? Um, absolutely brilliant. Love that. Um, but yeah, that was just one one kind of observation, really. Um, and like we, we were saying before we started recording, the fact that we weren't invited. I mean, why on earth? Bearing in mind that Tim and Craig must listen to this. hundred oh, um, percent. Probably from first episode. Uh, why weren't we invited, Rob? I know, who's uh, marked off every year. Next year we'll be there. We'll be in their, their special podcast room <laughs> doing this live, I think. We can dream. Um, but yeah, so they kicked off with iOS 16, didn't they? Um, what were your thoughts there? Well, at the time, I came. You know, my immediate 
reaction when I came away from WWDC was a bit like, oh, there was a, there were a few cool things in there, but I, I wasn't massively enthused about it. It wasn't until I watched it the second time and then I noted down every single thing that they mentioned. It's about, hang on, let me, I'll, let me look at my row count. About 250 things they mentioned when wow. you actually list it all out, which is bonkers. And mm. most of it's quite good. So, the, the, I mean, the, the standout thing for me in iOS 16, well, the first thing they mentioned was the, the, the new, they've, they've Apple watchified the lock screen, haven't they? So, yep. you know, the old, uh, the, the photos watch face where you could just, you know, put someone's face on, on your watch and then part of that picture would obscure the time in a, in a stylish way. Well, you can do that on the lock screen now. And you've got widgets, widgets on the lock screen, and then widgets you can interact with, or what they called live activities, wasn't it? Mm, Which was quite yeah. good. So, because yeah, I, I share, no, you know, it resonated with me the frustration they shared, where you've got notifications from an app where there's a lot of stuff happening in a short period of time, and then you just keep getting, you know, twenty notifications during the course of a, some event um, and so they introduced this thing called the live activity which is essentially one static notification that updates with real-time information like sports scores or weather or whatever it is that you want um, so that's very good and the thing is is that Windows phone users sorry to keep going on about Windows phone but Microsoft did that first. So they were basically live tiles. So in, in Windows Phone, you had these tiles or, you know, widgets or whatever you want to call them that updated with real-time information so that you didn't have to go into the app. But you could also interact with those tiles as well. So, yeah, have all that on the live screen. Brilliant. And I, the, the way the notifications come in from the bottom and uh, what, what, was, what else was there? The whole like multiple home screens, mul sorry, multiple yeah. lock, screens, lock screens, which you can link to home screens, which you can link to focus modes, so that you can very easily flip between. You, so you can have a different lock screen for when you're in work mode versus personal mode versus running or whatever other focus modes you've got up. And each of those, so basically, fo focus modes, lock screens, and home screens can now all be configured so that in whatever context you're in, you can have your phone set up perfectly for that context which is brilliant hmm. they've kind of turned the the iphone into a big apple watch haven't they because those <laughs> um widgets are basically complications if you look at them i looked at a few of them this morning they look very very in fact identical to what you get on the apple watch uh, with a few kind of additions and a bit more be better use of the bigger screen um I really like it. I love that time with the focus modes. I can imagine using that. I can imagine having something, you know, during the day when I'm in the studio doing stuff, I might want to see a certain bunch of um, widgets there. Uh, whereas in at home, just nothing. You know, give, give me just my, my lovely um, kind of depth effect wallpaper, uh, which looks great. I, I love the, the way you can personalise it. And uh, it just made me, th it made me think of the Apple Watch. Um, it's just odd that they've gone from you know, the Apple Watch was there first before the iPhone, when it came to this kind of real kind of, personalization because the lock screen hasn't changed for years has it it's this is the biggest update for a long long time uh overdue really um when you can consider what yeah what the likes of android does but yeah i, I love that i thought it was fantastic um notifications i still think 
I like. The, I mean, again, I, I don't know about you, but I've not played with it yet. So I'm going to wait for the um, the public beta next month. But um, the, the live activities thing that might help, but the notifications still look a bit messy. I don't pay much attention to notifications on the iPhone because just, it's just a, it's overwhelming whenever I look at my phone. Well, it looks like they're going to sort that out. So I'm very excited for the okay. for the notifications. Very excited for the for the updates to messages as well. So yeah, do you use messages? Yeah, so we're we're quite big. We're quite big into uh, because you know in, in this house we're fully appled up. So yeah, our, Mrs. Rob and I, our primary mode of communication, especially at the moment with the five month old and uh, uh, angry toddler. We're, we're very often just you know passing each other throughout the day and night because we've yeah, yeah. got to attend to one or both of the small people so yeah no we're, we're, we're messages all the way see I, I don't tend to use it much I had I had one remaining uh, like friend chat group on uh, messages uh, which I think I broke because it just stopped working I think I switched back from the iPhone SE to the iPhone 13 mini and um, realised that iMessage wasn't working properly and um, forgot about it completely and then realised after a few days that the, the chat I had with two of my best mates had gone very very quiet and then suddenly this WhatsApp message group appeared from one of them saying uh, who broke iMessage <laughs> so um, that, that last remaining iMessage use case for me is now back and gone into into whatsapp so i don't tend to use it but i think for people like yourself who do it's great you know undo send you can edit um messages now uh markers and red huge why why is it taking so long to get to that you know to get, get that uh, available um and then a bunch of shared with you stuff as well wasn't there which um again won't make much of a difference difference for me but I, i'd imagine will be quite useful well the the, the like share play there were some share play enhancements. I can't remember what, but I remember looking at it at the time and thinking, "Oh, that's cool." I don't see, like, you can you can it's like do... well, you can work out. Do you think you can share a workout for Fitness Plus now, can't you? So you can like, on you on, can well not on messages. I guess that would be FaceTime would be more appropriate to do that, wouldn't it? But yeah, I think you can work out with a friend if you want to now. Yeah, apparently it was one of the biggest um, requests from developers to have access to share play in, in iMessage. Apparently that was what they wanted and that's what they've got now. So yeah, that was great. Uh, dictation as well, kind of related thing where, um, I again, I don't use dictation. We were talking about this earlier, weren't we, that you know, as uh, parents of small children, it can be very useful. Um, and the way that it can now switch from dictation to typing normal typing um that looked that for me that kind of fixes the problem that i had with dictation was that it always felt a little bit i don't know over over kind of uh, complicated really um, it just seems very smooth now between, between the two wasn't it yeah that's the word i was looking for yeah so you have the sort of stoppy starty business but now it's much more fluid yeah. now but the yeah the thing that impressed me was the the auto punctuation because mm. uh you were on the London Mac user group meeting. What's yeah. that? Is it like a monthly gathering they have? They do, yeah. I was on it a couple of, two or three weeks back. So wasn't on, their, on their live stream, they had an auto transcription. And I was looking at that and I'd never seen it before. I mean, obviously I've seen live transcription before, but I'd, I'd never seen someone do it on a, on a, on a web meeting out of Zoom. Um, and it was astonishingly good but hmm. i forget what service it was 
I can't Can you remember. remember. Yeah, no, I, 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 um, I pinged you at the time. I think, and, and uh, you did actually. We should have it on our, our chat. Have it on our chat. I pinged you at the time, going the the live transcription on this is bonkers because yeah, it really was. But I forget what the service was. Otter, Otter AI, Otter. That was it. Yeah. So Apple yeah. Sherlock that. That's good. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> they, they Sherlocked a few things, didn't they? There were some, um, yeah. Oh, well, the, some of the stuff was. Yeah, we'll have, we'll have, I, I imagine you know, most most developers will be really happy with all of the new APIs and all the new functionality, and then there will be uh, a particular few that will be very unhappy. <laughs> Not very happy at all, definitely. Um, just quickly, while I remember it, that the that the ability to grab um, people and you know, pets and things from images and drag them from the image into a message. I, again, I've not tried this myself yet, but I've seen quite a few people on Twitter doing it. Um, and that looks incredible. When you bear in mind that it seems to get the the outline of it absolutely spot on in milliseconds, um, that I was really impressed by that. That was probably my second favourite thing that we saw. That was that was in terms of like jaw droppingness. That was up there with the universal control that we saw last year. I think when you think what it's doing, and when you think how long it takes to do something something like that in Photoshop, for instance, or even some of the automated tools. So I use an online, I use Adobe's Adobe's online um, background remover tool, which is just a very quick way of um, you know, removing backgrounds from from images. That takes a good, I don't know, twenty seconds sometimes to do what it needs to do. Oh, um, you want to try the uh, the AI tools in Pixelmator on an Apple Silicon machine? Do, yes. that, uh, that's ludicrous. That's what you it use, is. don't you? And uh, Justin, um, Justin's a big uh, Pixelmator Pro fan. Yeah, if you're Apple and you just if you're if you're Apple Silicon and you need to do some you know light photo editing work, Pixelmator Pro is fantastic. I'm sure if you're if you know what you're doing, you could probably get some professional looking results out of Pixelmator as well. But for, for normal people, if you just want to press a button and have stuff happen, Pixelmator Pro is where it's at. I'll definitely get on that. I keep meaning to actually, um, but yeah. But the, the ability to do that with just by dragging your finger across something, it's it gives you a, an insight into how powerful these things are. These phones are, um, which is is easy to overlook, I think, really. But um, yeah, incredible, absolutely amazing. Yeah, um, so it's not just uh, yeah. So subject d- detection within images, obviously, that that just knocked that out of the park. But there were a number of improvements to the live text. So you get live text out of videos now. Or you will yes, be able to when it's out later in the year. Um, yep. But also like real-time translation. So you can point your camera at something in a foreign language and have it auto-translate as you're, as you're looking around, which is pretty wild. Yep. Absolutely amazing. What else do we have? We're skipping through a few of these, but it's probably because there are some big things to talk about in a, in a moment, obviously. But um, uh, wallet, I thought that, I mean, again, this doesn't really impact you and I because we're in the UK. And we don't get a lot of this stuff initially, but um, there was some interesting stuff to wallet added to, to wallet and Apple Pay, wasn't there? Um, I think the uh, the IDs and driving license stuff, we don't get that over here at the moment, do we? There's been no mention of that at all. I love the idea of it, but we haven't got it. Um but it's got it's kind of being expanded into more states, isn't it, in the US? Um, more of them are adopting it, which is great. Great news for those guys. My, my understanding that yeah, so the, the driving license thing is largely available in the states. But my understanding is that in the states, the last thing you want to do is hand your phone to a cop. True. <laughs> so yeah, that's I don't a know very how, good point. How useful that is, really. Very good point. Um, 
the Apple Pay stuff, the tap to pay on iPhone, uh, great for merchants. I mean, I, I used to work in, in an industry that kind of relied on you know, point of sale stuff and it was always expensive and complicated. Um, I know if that had been available six or seven years ago when I was in that industry, it would have been game changing. So I, I'd guess, I don't know anything about the, the charges based you know, around it and all that sort of stuff, but in terms of ease of of use and the ability to very quickly accept payments from people yeah. um that's, that's nice. when i was looking at that i thought oh stripe are not going to be happy about that stripe used to sell a dongle didn't they that essentially enabled you to use your phone as a payment terminal um but they were one of the partners on the uh, they sort of flashed up along with like yeah. shopify and all the you know the usual suspects so I wonder if actually maybe they're quite happy about this because producing hardware is a bit of a pain, isn't it? So if they can focus on their their back end stuff, maybe that's maybe yeah, it's actually I, a bit of a benefit much, for Stripe. Completely. There's not there's no margin in hardware like that, is there? And I think um I, I think this is probably aimed more towards the smaller retailers, the kind of little merchants and things. Like in, in where I live, you know, they have a um we have loads of markets in the town centre and all of them these days have uh, normally those little stripe terminals. Yeah. With their iPhone, you can see as long as we get it in the UK at some stage, I can imagine those terminals disappearing. You just rock it with your iPhone, tap away you go, done. Um, easier for everyone, really. Um, the pay later thing that was, I mean, you could get yourself into a lot of trouble with this, but the the ability to split a the the cost of something across, I think it was four equal payments or something, wasn't it? Um, it's yeah, four. It's no, four interest-free payments over six yeah. weeks. Yep. So. Which is not a new thing, because PayPal, I don't know if you've seen PayPal. PayPal has allowed you to do that for quite a long time. Various other, I yeah. mean, I, I, I'm a big fan of Monzo here in the UK. They're like a, a, a fintech, plucky start. Well, they're not they're not so new anymore. I think they've been around like five years. I mean, they're a proper bank. They've got a banking license and everything. But they've got a thing called uh, Flex, which actually allows you to retrospectively apply a buy now pay later to a payment so you can pay for something and yeah. then if you go you know you, you get closer to the end of the month and you go oh no i'm gonna run out of money you can retrospectively uh split that payment into three interest-free payments so they will recredit you back with the original amount and then take the three payments over which is again probably quite dangerous if you're if you can't really be trusted if you're if you're the sort of person that yeah. finds yourself getting to the end of the month and you've run out of money you probably shouldn't be doing that because it's only going to make the situation worse but anyways but from, a, from a technical point of view that's quite cool but the thing about that apple pay later and it's only going to be available in the states to begin with as you might expect but yeah apple's a bank now basically because they'll be fronting yeah. that money for you to yep. the person you're buying the thing from and then clawing that money back from you after the fact. So yeah, so that's quite interesting. Apple's a bank now. Yeah, and they're also dealing with order tracking now as well. You know, uh, retailers can build order tracking into, into wallet. Um, it's one of those things, isn't it, where it, this was a very small part of the presentation, but like you say, the actual the, the, what, what this is based around is Apple becoming a bank slash, um, I don't know what you'd call it really, but almost like a retail manager for you know it's, it's there's so much going on behind the scenes with this but the, the net result of it are these really simple convenient useful features for people that have got iphones well yeah that's what, um, they're trying to apply the sort of app store slickness to the real world that's what they're doing yeah yeah i love it i just want it in the uk yeah. i just don't know when we're going to see it it's going to be a little while isn't it um there was some map stuff i don't mind just skipping over that unless you want to talk about it maps 
I can't think of anything I particularly wanted to talk about with maps. I mean, it's quite good that you've got multi-stop route planning that you can you can start on one device yeah. and then take up somewhere else. So if you're if you've got a big trip that you're planning, you could set it. You could do all of that on your Mac and then follow those directions on your phone, or you know, just you set set up on one device, carry on on another. That was quite good. The rest of it, yep. I don't think I I would care about any of the rest of it. No, Apple News was similar. I mean, there's the new sports section, which is available in the UK. I think they're going to do something in the UK with that, which is nice. I was expecting them to say US only, but it's, I think, US, UK, Canada, somewhere else. Um, uh, yeah, a My Sports section. Nice. If you're into your, your sports, it could be quite a nice update for you. Um, lots of family sharing stuff, wasn't there? Easier to manage accounts for your kids, easier to set up new devices. Stuff I'm going to have to get used to at some stage, I'm sure. Well, I think the thing um, that you might be most interested in is the new sort of the shared photo library. Yes. Yeah, I like the look of that. Because I, I use um, shared albums quite a bit. We use that in our family quite a bit. Um, but yeah, the idea of having a shared library. Um, it was fairly light on detail, this. and I need to look a bit more into, into exactly how it works. But um, it's an, a distinct library, isn't it? It's a complete separate library. Yeah, so as, as opposed to a, a shared album, which we've all been using for ages, this is a distinct whole library within which you can have albums that everyone has access to. Um, and so I don't know whether they, they have to be part of your iCloud family. Like on the, I guess so. Or whether Probably. you can invite people who you know are in your family, but not in your iCloud family. I don't know. I, we'll have to look into that. The thing that was slightly troubling about that was that everyone has equal edit rights. Yeah, I didn't get so that. So I would be concerned about Nan going in and accidentally deleting everything <laughs> by mistake. Or, you know, your, or, your grumpy teenager deciding that they don't like that photo of themselves and will delete. Because I would, I would have done that. I would, oh, I'd if, do I, if I were in a day. shared photo album with my family, I would... I'd be I'd be going and just drawing dicks on everything and just, <laughs> <laughs> just utterly ruining the family memories. <laughs> and also, I, I'd pick the photos that I know that my dad spent three hours editing on his own in in uh, the photos app and just delete them. Yeah, or ruin the edits that he's yeah. made. Yeah, smash up the contrast and uh, yeah, I didn't quite understand why you'd all have equal. I mean, it's very nice, very very nice of Apple, isn't it? But it, it, again, it's this kind of perfect Apple world that we only see in Apple adverts where everyone loves each other. No one ever fights. <laughs> Everything's perfect. It's always sunny. Whereas in reality, everyone hates each other. Everyone wants their own space. And like you say, if there's going to be a photo on display, you're probably going to draw a willy on yeah. it um, if you're a kid. So, yeah, um, very weird. But the principle of that feature, great, makes perfect sense. Well, the, the 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 manner in which you can get the photos into those albums looks quite interesting as well. So you can set, you can choose from your device. You can say, well, look, if I'm in the same location as a bunch of, you know, the other people in my family, then automatically stick that in the shared family album. So you can set up filters, and um, you know whether or not you're nearby to other family members. Um, but there were there were a bunch of other ways you could do it by t sort of time as well. So we'll look between this time and this time, add all my photos to the family photo album. If you you know that you were away from nice. a particular date to another date and that sort of stuff. So yeah, really streamlined way of sharing photos, which you know as we've talked about before is a, is a a thing that I I do quite a lot. And so my my solution is 
I got everyone to get a, an Echo and uh, invited them to my Amazon Photos vault. So that that is effectively my family photo album is actually the, the, the free unlimited full res photo storage that you get if you're an Amazon Prime member. And then I've invited all of my family to that. So it's completely... The, the notion is the same. It's a completely distinct, separate photo album yeah. that all my family members have access to. And then they can choose if they want to add, like if we all go on holiday, as we did recently, they can add their photos to the family vault. Um, and then all of those photos will get pumped into everyone's kitchens via their Echo Show. It's quite a tidy setup, as long mm. as you don't mind giving all of your photos to Amazon and your Prime member. Although only one member, only one person needs to be the Prime member. It's not like everyone needs to be okay. prime. You can have one one person who's got the prime membership and you can then share that with five other people. It's basically the same. There's still a lot of logistics involved in doing that because you've had to convince everyone to buy a, an Echo, haven't you? Um, is it the Echo Show that they, they're using? Well, I didn't have to convince them. I just bought them all. Uh, <laughs> well, more expense involved in that yeah. case. Whereas what Apple is doing now, they make it again, they're making this much easier, much more convenient. Yeah. Um, I think we'll definitely use it. I, oh, think it wasn't unsolicited, discovered- by the way. I'm, I don't go around just enforcing technology on people. <laughs> what happened was that I had one family come around, they go, Oh, that's cool. We got all the photos on there. That's nice. And then obviously, people who said that, I got them one for the next they major event, one. the Christmas or birthday or whatever. Makes sense. But it will be much easier come later this year with iOS 16. Um, they did some really interesting and, and great stuff with safety check, I think they called it, didn't they? Which is um, kind of aimed at people in abusive relationships, which, fantastic. It, again, I don't know anything about this at all. It's, I've only seen what they've shown us on the on the yeah, the presentation. Um, but the, the kind of basis of this was that um, you can basically remove or revoke access to your device and anything you've shared with someone else. If there's issues with your relationship, you can make sure they can't access your your stuff basically well most importantly um, on location so you can you know, stop the sharing location, your, the automatically thing. because the thing is, is yeah, if you're in a situation where you need to get away from an abusive relationship you're probably not going to be in the state of mind to go through all of your privacy settings one by one and turn stuff no. on and off you know so if you've been in a relationship with someone for a long while you've probably got a bunch of you know intertwined things that you've shared and over the years that would be quite difficult to unpick so this option where you can go in and it will automatically sign you out of any all the devices other than the one you're currently using so that you know if if your abusive partner has you know confiscated your laptop or something they can't go in and read your emails and messages and stuff um yeah just a, yeah, just a one-stop just, shop to just yeah that's it you know you know that all of all of that stuff that would previously have been shared is, is cut off straight away yeah it's not it's reassuring I, I just hope it's as, as easy as it looked on on the presentation because like you say it needs to be it's not, not the sort of thing that you want to kind of have to figure out well with, like, um, with, the, with the subject extraction from photos as you've seen on the social medias hmm. we saw it on the on the presentation you look to go well that looks amazing Let's let's see how it actually works. Well, it actually works like that. So one would imagine that that's probably the same. I'm sure it will do. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it will. Um, home, there's some really interesting stuff in Home. They, they finally kind of announced or kind of properly gave us an insight into what Matter is, didn't they? Which is this um, kind of new standard for, for smart home connectivity and setting up devices, which is, I think, it's long, long overdue. Um, I mean, you, you're far more into this than I am, but I've been gradually setting, a few thing, setting up a few things in the studio. 
very simple stuff just kind of smart plugs and things and and lights and stuff and they, they all come from different manufacturers they all have different apps most of them tied to, to into home kit but setting them up i always put it off because it's just a real pain in the ass um whereas in theory with something with this new matter standard there will be some consistency it'll be a lot in theory again be a lot easier to get things set up um and they said there's 130 products in the pipeline apparently uh, which is just the beginning apparently so uh I think good things could be on the way for, for smart home stuff. Well, yeah, if it actually launches, they've been saying it's going to happen. Well, the, well, the fact that Google and Apple at their events this year have mentioned it leads me to believe that, yes, I know it really is happening this time because it's gone through various... Yeah, and they mentioned each other, didn't they? I know Apple did mention specifically Google and I think, was it Amazon? Um, so, yeah, I, I think the fact they put it so prominently in the in the keynote suggests that it's it's quite close. You'd hope so, anyway. Yeah. So I, I was I was less bothered about matter because I knew about it already. I mean, for people who didn't know about matter before, that that'd be quite exciting. The thing that I took away from the home section was the redesigned home app, because mm. I don't know. I so say you're just sort of you you're, you've been lightly dabbling in smart home stuff, so you won't have the problem that I have, which is that everything in my house is smart, and the home app is a hot mess when you when you when you use it for what it's intended for. It gets it, it gets unwieldy, and that that mm. new streamlined uh, home app look and feel, I think, should fix a bunch of those problems. Yeah, I'm sure. But there, there were a couple of things actually for the with the iOS that weren't talked about that were quite interesting, which was Face ID will now work in landscape. Don't know if you see. Oh, really? Don't know if you if that had come up on your radar. No, I didn't see that. Um, okay, quick nice. notes on iPhone, which was yep. it was shown on a slide, but it wasn't called out specifically. I don't think. Um, and the, this new rapid security response mechanism, where apparently the, Apple will be able to push out security fixes to your phone without packaging it in a whole point release. So, and I, I, I think it might even be able to deploy it without a reboot. So they'll be able, Apple will be able to deliver security fixes over the air straight into your device without you needing to do anything or even noticing oh, wow. probably that's great yeah i didn't spot that that wasn't on, on the um that wasn't talked about on the day they, I don't they think, did it? talk about it but they didn't go into detail so i did a bit of digging on that because i was like well what is that what is that and apparently it's a way of delivering security updates transparently without needing to do a whole yeah. update routine what did you think about carplay um i it looks fantastic. I don't know how many car manufacturers are going to get on board with that. Are they? Maybe they will. They did. Because the thing is, is that in-car infotainment systems are, on the whole, pretty bad. So, and they, you know, they're all they're all investing millions and millions in their own thing, and no one's really nailed it yet. So if they can just bin all of that R and D and stuff off and outsource the look and feel the reliability the security to apple who have got far deeper pockets and specialize in that kind of stuff i think everyone wins don't they oh completely yeah yeah they, they did they put up a slide didn't they with all of the manufacturers that are currently working with money yeah um and it was a lot of the big ones the one that wasn't there that i, I don't think it was there anyway that, that i thought was quite interesting was bmw because normally when apple does 
any kind of car related stuff they'll quite often use bmws as an example of you know using your, your iphone to get in with the key and stuff like that so for them not to be on there that was a bit strange but uh mercedes were there and Highland really and lots of others. Hard to rewatch. I'm, I'm sure they weren't. Because there were a lot of logos on there, and it, maybe it was obscure. I remember looking at it. Yeah, I, I was very tired at this point, but I remember looking at it, thinking that one of the big three, or whatever it is, isn't isn't there. But anyway, but the rest of them were, and I think um, I, I think it looks fantastic. Although I, I, I saw a Verge, um, a tweet from the Verge the other day uh, saying that if you if you look closely at that. The example they gave, because again, it wasn't clear what car it was, but there was an example of a car with as many screens as you can imagine. So it had the screen behind the dashboard, and it had a really long screen that went from kind of the the right hand side of the steering wheel across to the passenger side. Yeah. And the Verge pointed out that the controls for the um, the the music were out of reach, basically. It was only for the passenger to, to grab hold of because they were right on the right hand side. Um, so it was a bit. I think it was it was just flexing. It was just showing what they could do with it. But I think in reality, most cars are going to have probably one big screen, maybe a couple or something like that. Um, well, I think the Mercedes think, A series has got that kind of panoramic. It has. Yeah, that was one of the first, wasn't it, to have this kind of long wraparound yeah. uh, screen. I think that. I mean, again, it's all speculation, but we we know they're doing something with a some kind of automotive thing we don't know what it we don't know if it's a car or if it is just the underlying technology for for cars they've been doing something for a long time now i just think when they, when they, when they first started showing this new um carplay stuff it to me it looks like a hint at what's coming in the future from apple specifically to do with either a car or something else um because it, ta- it taps into everything it taps into the the ecu in the car basically doesn't it, it gives them the speedometer, speedometer revs all your heater controls literally you, you never have to exit carplay to control your car um i think it's possibly a bit of a, a hint at what's to come in terms of automotive and apple right yeah so i wonder if they've changed their tack to rather than let's make our own car let's make all cars as 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 good as they can yeah. be so yeah. we, they've been sort of trying to roll out the car key thing so your phone's now your car key we've got this new car play which as you say hooks into all of the car systems and and gives you useful information about what's going on you know in the car and then they've also shown off all this really cool ai stuff like being able to you know being able to extract the subject from an image and put it somewhere else be able to interpret text from video and you sort of add all of these pieces together and it's like wow hang on if you if you if you bundle all of that stuff together then that makes for quite an interesting um ar car experience so imagine a future where you've got an apple powered heads up display that is interpreting information for you in real time and you know stopping the vehicle if something comes out so which exists already in cars and has done for a while but again if car manufacturers could outsource that stuff to apple with their massive resources and their ai yeah. and machine learning knowledge so all the health stuff that they do the health studies and they're with capturing information from a far broader spectrum of people with a much wider geographic reach than any given single scientific study could do via the health studies that you can opt into for various things. Um, if you imagine that they then apply that to to driving, driving safety, um, you know, automatic driving, there's, there's all sorts well, of maybe, things they can do with that. 
Totally, yeah. I mean, maybe that's what Project Titan, I think it's called, isn't it? Um, maybe that's what that, maybe this is what that is. This is just a part of that. This is the underlying technology within cars that they want to put into every car that, you, that anyone's ever going to drive. Um, yeah, I, I think it's really exciting, actually. I think it's it's not coming, funny enough, later this year. It's coming next year, I think, isn't it? This was just a kind of sneak peek yeah. at... Um, next version right, so first cars with it will, will be yeah next year so yeah that I, that one definitely deserves skepticism because i mean even as as a staunch apple fan in, in a lot of areas android auto is better than carplay as it currently stands yeah absolutely so we'll see what we'll, 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 we'll um keep an eye on that one see what happens um one of the things that i noticed uh, they spoke about very briefly on ios was uh, spatial audio um it's now going to use the true depth camera to create a personalized profile to make it even more accurate i don't know how much i believe that but it's again that this is uh, <laughs> this is not new sony have been doing that for a while haven't they the ear, ear they have. measurement yep they have indeed um, the thing is, it's it's great already. I mean, spatial audio doesn't need much improvement, really. I mean, we're, we're both fans of it, aren't we? And um, yeah, it just it made me smile. Actually, on the subject of spatial audio, um, I I it's, it was Mrs. Rob's birthday recently. Happy birthday, Mrs. Rob! <laughs> I got her some uh, AirPods Max. Amongst, amongst oh, did other you? things. Uh, um, okay. Yeah, obviously. I, so I got them from. Uh, well, I think I mentioned it a while back. Actually, the uh, the if, if you go to Amazon sites in other countries, you can quite often find some some crazy deals, and then leverage their their infrastructure to get that. To, so they, they deal all of the the, the, the shipping and import and duties and taxes and all that sort of stuff. So you just do, you can all you can use your regular Amazon credentials on an Amazon site like Amazon Italy, Amazon Spain, Amazon Germany, Amazon France, log in as normal. Obviously, everything's in French or Spanish or <laughs> whatever, but the buttons are all the shape, same shapes and sizes. And so I'm, <laughs> if you've bought as much stuff on Amazon as I have, then you pretty much go into autopilot, you know, roughly. without You're not yeah. really reading it when you're doing it. You're just pressing the buttons in the right order. So anyway, long story short, you can just log in, order the thing, and it'll just turn up. It takes a little bit longer. It's not going to turn up before breakfast, like, if you, if you if you order it locally but or the same yeah. day <laughs> so it takes a little while but the stuff turns up so anyway so I, long story short i got them for 330 quid which nice. is which is still a stupid amount of money spent on headphones but not as stupid as, as as retail price the reason i did it was because she's got she'd previously had beats solo pro and uh She's using headphones a lot more. The transparency mode, while it is very good on the Beats Solo Pro, is obviously not as good as it is on the, the on the Max. Um, and she was just finding that where she's been wearing them more often, because we've just been awake more often, um, the they became quite uncomfortable on her ears. So rather than having an on-ear headphone, I wanted to get her an over-ear headphone. And she doesn't care about lossless or if there's a new one out soon. What she cares about and here's the interesting thing just an interesting different point of view so you and i look at the airpods max and we think well that's a rubbish case she loves it she was like omg this is it's like it looks like a handbag which to her that's a good thing oh there it is <laughs> the old, yeah so she loves everything about them interesting does she take them out or is it just they are they are they kind of home headphones oh, no, no we don't go out anymore mark we've got two small children <laughs> what are you talking about <laughs> no i imagine when she yeah. i imagine when she returns to work she'll she'll wear them on her commute I don't 
don't think she'd have any yeah. shame in that. Oh, someone's got to like the case, haven't they? I'm glad she's happy with it. Yeah, no, she's absolutely delighted. But it's, it's the transparency mode. That's what, so the, 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 the problems that they were brought to solve were that she was complaining about her Beats Solo Pro being uncomfortable for any period of time, which, you know, has been the case since she got them, but she just didn't wear them as often or for as long as she does at the moment. Um, also, they're a couple of years old, so they frequently need recharging. The battery's sort of on its way out. Um but the thing that brought me onto this was the was the head track spatial audio. So this is not something that she's experienced before. So I, I stuck uh, I stuck her in front of the Apple TV and put Encanto on on the Disney Plus. You seen the Encanto yet? Uh, I've seen bits yeah. of it. I've been in the room while it's been on. Put it that way. So so I put that on, and she was just sitting there, just turning her head around like this, and just like, "Well, this is the best thing ever." So yeah, very happy, <laughs> very happy, Mrs. Rob with her AirPods Max. Good. I'm glad you've got a pair in, pair in your house. Have, have you tried them? Well, only to set them up. So, yeah so, yeah, so she got things kind of set up, and then she was like, well, that, this doesn't appear to be working. I'm like, I'm just handing them over. And yeah, no, it wasn't, but she 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 didn't. She had it on. She turned the spatial audio on, but not the head tracked. So I just uh, okay. got it all set up and then handed them back. But yeah, so- just completely off about off topic but on topic with this very quickly i am um, obviously i've been using the sony xm5s quite a bit recently because i've been testing uh-huh. them and um I, I started using the airpods max again yesterday because i'm doing a comparison between the two and when you go from the xm5s to the airpods max you realize just how heavy the airpods max are and she mrs rob won't experience this because they're her only headphones but and i didn't really experience it until i experienced the lightness of the xm5s which are comically light like it's difficult to describe how light those headphones are um, but yeah that really struck me yesterday when i put the, the, the max on it was like wow these are really heavy headphones um yeah Interesting. she's not commented on the weight and she's normally quite fussy about things being light um the initial impressions are that they're much more comfortable than the Beats Solo Pros she had before. They're very comfy headphones. Yeah, they're, they're some of the comfiest I've used, I think, definitely. Um, and the, yeah, the transparency mode is witchcraft. It's just, it sounds like you're, it's as though you're not wearing headphones, isn't it? It's amazing. They're the, the best headphones for transparency mode, hands down. Right, watchOS 9. Can we very quickly kind of brush over this? Is there anything you wanted to mention on watchOS 9? Mainly for runners, this update, I think. Yeah, I think this will this will maybe ruffle some feathers at Garmin. They are really going for the mm. for the fitness and the the sports enthusiasts now, aren't they? They are. I think the thing with that that the hardware is still lacking, isn't it? Because a Garmin watch lasts whatever week, two weeks, uh, maybe longer. I don't know. Um, I know a couple of people who are Garmin watch wearers, and they're very passionate about the Garmin. So, um, but I think casual runners possibly. Yeah, it's going to draw them towards the Apple Watch more than something like a Garmin, I think. Well, I think the the argument is is if you're if you're wearing your Apple Watch every day, which is what they, you know Apple would like you to do, then it's then it's it's kind of like the the camera. It's like it's just it's 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 the Garmin you've always got on you because the trouble with your Garmin is that you've got to remember to take it with you, or it, it sort of becomes part of a part of the ritual like with a you know camera you're setting up your dslr and you're putting it in the bag and all that sort of stuff whereas you if you've got your phone on you then you've always got a camera that's 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 pretty good hmm. so i don't know i'm not a garmin expert so i don't know if a garmin can give you the you know, the running form metrics your vertical oscillation your stride length your ground do you know i've not done I've not i don't know i don't think so i don't i don't want to 
say anything wrong because I'd imagine the Garmin people are probably just as passionate as headphone people. But um, yeah, it's just all it's I don't think cool you stuff. Can. I think it's being able to configure your heart rate zones and race against yourself, so you can have it remember the route, which yeah. would be brilliant for you, wouldn't it? Because you you run the same route every day for twenty. I do years. the same route every time. I've got the most boring route ever. <laughs> so I, yeah, joking apart, I saw that and thought that they've made that for yeah. me. Amazing. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, interesting update. Some new sleep stuff, heart health. That, well, that's, the medication that's very things. welcome. So I used to love this the sleep, um, the sleep analysis in the Microsoft Band, which again was what eight yeah. years ago or something. So Microsoft again, Microsoft Band. Microsoft did it first, the usual, and they 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 bollocked it up. So you got <laughs> they had the Microsoft Health platform. They had the Microsoft Band, which was the wearable, and yeah, their sleep tracking was very good. And the the battery in the Microsoft Band lasted for ages. I think that's the thing with the watch. Uh, watch OS nine is it's a very marginal update, but um, uh, it's time for some fairly big hardware improvements. I think longer battery life, that rugged version I keep going on about. Oh, yeah, there needs to be some some big changes. I think, and I, I think we're possibly going to see it this year. I think I've got I've got a good feeling about it. Um, moving on because obviously time is there's so much to cover on WWDC. I, I was thinking about this the other day when, when I was doing my um, filming the the, the um, reaction video. They rattle through so much now. They pack so much into these events, which is wonderful, but it's also very tricky for people like us who are covering it because there's just so much to talk about. Um, we could probably do three podcasts on this, but um, uh, so before we get to Mac OS, there was probably the biggest announcement really uh, the most surprising announcement actually which was the m2 m2 chip and a new macbook air which i was convinced they weren't going to do uh, i couldn't see any reason why they'd launch a new macbook air at wwdc but I, I'm, fa- I'm fairly convinced now that apple doesn't think like this at all i think once it's ready it's ready and they launch it if that happens to coincide with wwdc fine um I don't I, what do you no, think? I don't know. We had a chat about this on the Discord, didn't we? Accidentally. Mm. I think you you prompted me to you, you shared an article that you'd written, I think. And I think you wanted me to do something with the thumbnail. But I misinterpreted your request and I gave you my, my full critique on the on the M1 MacBook Air. Um Which was great. <laughs> I, again, I can't remember what I said, but I think the the gist of it was that I think the MacBook Air has been a strategic Back to school product historically. So what would happen is, as it got closer to the back to school time of year, they would package up last year's MacBook Air with some kind of benefit, like a free pair of headphones or something. So you send the kids off to school with last year's model, just to you know to clear inventory, make it a good deal by throwing in some headphones. Off they go, and then after they're already back to school. Then you introduce the new fancy one, which obviously everyone's going to want to upgrade to at some point. So yeah, you you send them off with something that's good, but last year and knowing that it's going to be replaced, and then you replace it with the the next thing that you know people are going to desire. So this year, they haven't done that. But what they have done is they've introduced a class divide, haven't they? Because you can still buy the old one. And so you, what, I think it's going to be an interesting dynamic in college campuses up and down the land where you've got the kids going to school whose parents bought them the new fancy expensive one that's 25% more expensive than the old one. And then those whose parents only, in inverted commas, got the 
the old M1 MacBook Air, which I think I referred to as the the, the no name trainers equivalent of laptops now. <laughs> The thousand dollar no name trainers, <laughs> but you know, you know, what I mean, if, if there's something better, the kids are going to want that. And so, if you send, even, even though the M1 MacBook Air is an amazing computer and is probably my favourite computer I've ever had, it is it's old hat now. It's rubbish. You might as well throw it away, Rob. I don't know what you're bothering with. Just get. You should be embarrassed <laughs> walking around with that. Um, no, I totally agree. I hadn't thought of it like that, but when you made that point, yeah, that really kind of resonated. I think. It's a, it's a shame. I mean, it was inevitable. I, I, th- I had I had a, an inkling a little while back that, that the the new MacBook Air would be more expensive because I've had a lot of people over the last few months saying, "Oh, should I buy a new? Should, should I buy the M1 MacBook Air now?" Bearing in mind this new one's coming out, and my response was always, "Yes, if you want it, buy it," because we we've got no idea what the new one's going to be like, and it might be more expensive, and it might have things included that you don't want, and they've pretty much proved that, you know. Um, I mean, it's got stuff, it's got extra things. It, it's got this new design, which it looks very nice. Uh, it's got MagSafe, which is great. Um, it's still only got two uh, USB-C uh, Thunderbolt ports, um, which is, was a surprise, I thought, with the M2. I thought there might be a bit of an update in terms of the, the amount of I.O. that it can have. Oh, well, it still only Maybe supports not. one external display, doesn't it? Exactly, yeah. I mean, that, that was a surprise as well. Why not add to that? I don't know. Um, yeah. It's expensive. I've already had a couple of people respond to my article saying, oh, you know, $200, 200 quid, or £250 as it is over here, because we get shafted for no reason. Um, that you know, People shouldn't be worried about that. Just, just spend it. Well, it's not quite as simple as that, particularly at the moment when people are struggling financially. Um, I mean, in the UK, at least, we're being battered, aren't we, by high fuel prices and everything basically at the moment so 250 pounds is a lot of money for most people well, it's, it's 25 percent more expensive than the outgoing one exactly. but it's not 25 percent better in my opinion it won't be i think for most people if you're just using the macbook air like again like most probably 95 percent of users do to do normal stuff normal computer things email web surfing you know, YouTube watching, all that kind of stuff, even, you know, spreadsheet work and whatever you do for a living. If you put the, the M1 version next to the M2 version, they won't feel any different. They'll be just as snappy. They'll probably boot up macOS just as quick. Um, apps will open just as quickly. Um, there's going to be no measurable difference. The only time you're ever going to see a difference is if you start doing things like editing 4K video, which, funny enough, the base level M1 MacBook Air is, is pretty capable of doing anyway, in my experience. Um, but yeah, for most normal users, it's just the fact they've kept the M1 version there. I I genuinely think is a, is a bit of a a thorn in the M2 MacBook Air side because it, that that can be just such a good such a good laptop as we've both said numerous times. They've kept it in the lineup, but I don't think you can configure it very much, can you? I think it is it comes as it comes how it comes, so it's only available with the. The seven core GPU. Oh, is it? There. Oh, have they removed the the upgrades? So yeah, you can only you can buy it as it comes, which I don't think is a bad thing. So, in the past, I would have spec'd out a laptop with what I thought I might need for the next three to six years. But with the way that Apple are moving now, I've adopted more of a buy what I need today and then buy what I need tomorrow approach if that makes sense which is very different from spec out 
a you know, terabyte of storage that you don't need now, but you might need tomorrow. Spec out the RAM to 16 or higher. Do do this, do that. I, I don't think there's any need to do that anymore. The, 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 the base spec, M1 MacBook Air, which I got recently, even though it had been out for two years, just because I saw one for a ridiculous price. I absolutely love it. Mm. And yeah, it's when, amazing. Uh, when it stops... When it starts to annoy me or is not able to do whatever it is I wanted to do, well, then I'll probably just buy the next base model of whatever the situation is. Then I don't, I think if you've already got an M1 machine, it's not worth getting the, the M2. Totally agree. Interesting, I've, I've just I've double checked and you can spec up the M1 version, but you can't change the, the CPU, so you, can, you always get the seven core GPU basically, right. but you can still add 16 gig of unified memory. You can up the storage if you want to. So they've kept everything apart from the the um, CPU oh, right. choice, which is yeah, that's fine. Fair enough. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I'm going to get one of these M2 MacBook Airs, obviously. Although what worries me at the moment is that there was no mention of a pre-order date, which is quite unusual. Normally they'll say pre-order start on you know, July 10th or whatever. There was nothing. It was just next yeah, month, next month being July. Yeah. I mean, when when's that going to be? The problem that I have with that is that. I won't get a review in it. Apple don't know who I am. So I have to buy this stuff, which means I'm frantically every day checking the pre-order status to see if it's available, um, which is a bit bit worrying, particularly when we know that there's probably going to be delays in getting these things out due to the chip shortage and all the rest of it. And I guess it's going to be fairly popular. You know, a lot of people are waiting for it, despite what we say about the M1 version being the one to go for for most people. A lot of people are going to buy this thing. So um, that bothers me a little bit, but... We'll yeah, I mean, it's a it's a nice thing. I mean, I, I MagSafe, brilliant, but I've got an M1 MacBook Air. I'm not. I don't. It's it's not. <laughs> it doesn't negatively impact my life for it not having MagSafe. So that's a really that's a really nice nice to have the MagSafe. I like the fact that the the cable is braided, which is really nice. Yeah, that's nice. I'm a bit sad that the wedge shape has gone. I think that was quite an important part of the, the the MacBook Air thing. It just it looks like a flat MacBook Pro now. Yep. And I don't know. I think it's I think it's lost some character for that. It's a bit like the iMac. If the iMac lost its chin, it wouldn't be an iMac anymore. I don't. Completely. I don't think it's a MacBook Air anymore. It's a it's a MacBook Pro Lite. But I think what would have helped with that was the colours. That's the I other thing, a lot of this is, They're so yeah. boring. They are. And a lot of this is down to the leakers, isn't it? It's the John Prosses of the world. But um, in fairness to those guys, it, it, that's a leak that made total sense. Because going back to the iMac example, it kept the chin, but they introduced all these really cool colours, which made it this some somewhere a crossover between a machine that you can use for professional reasons, but mainly a home-based thing that you put in your kitchen and is nice to look at. I was again. I was convinced they were going to do something similar color-wise with the MacBook Air. I don't. I can't work out why they haven't done it. They've gone for this very dour, like you say, boring. Is it four color choices we get now? Midnight, um, uh, space gray, silver, and starlight. That, that, space four, beige, as I like to call it. Space beige, yeah. <laughs> um, and I mean the dark one, the the um, the midnight one. I think looks really good. But have you, have you seen um, MKBHD's take on it? I have not. That's interesting. It's worth watching. He did, he did a, a video, I think, yesterday. Um, his hands-on with that that exact one, and he said it's worth bearing in mind that that 
very dark midnight colour is an absolute fingerprint magnet. And he showed some footage of him having used it for a few seconds, and it was covered in smudges and stuff. Um, so it's worth bearing that in mind, because that, that's the one that I've got my eye on. I, I, I'd probably go for that one, I think. Yeah, I'm always, always very um, wary of the darker coloured MacBooks. I don't know, did you, ever have yeah. a, did you ever have a black book back in the day? I didn't. I wish I did, but I didn't have one. No, no I didn't either. But I, if you ever saw one in the Apple store, it was always disgusting. <laughs> Lovely in product shots, but terrible in real world. Um, but yeah, they're just. It, uh, if it had been more colourful, it would have felt more like a, a MacBook Air. As a result, and like you've said, it looks like a squashed MacBook Pro. Still a very nice looking piece of kit. Love, and it will be built like a tank and... It'll be a lovely thing, I'm sure, but it's not. It doesn't feel like a MacBook Air, does it? Uh, I, it, I might have been. I might have given it a second look if it if it came in a cool colour. I, I don't remember what the other things were that would probably if it supported more than one external display. I might have had a look. Yep. And there was something else I can't remember. What was the other thing? What else, what else is it missing? Touch bar. Needs a touch bar. <laughs> it absolutely does not need a touch bar. <laughs> <laughs> um, which actually, just very quickly, that brings us on to the other machine that got the M2 chip, which was the MacBook Pro 13-inch, the one with the touch bar. No design change whatsoever. They've just put an M2 chip in it. Uh, and it's completely confused everyone, hasn't it? The, the entire internet is confused by this. Yes, it's very. They, they must just have a warehouse of touch bar old stock that they need to get rid of. I've thought a lot about it, and I think it's as simple as that. I think, it, I mean, they, they they build it as the world's second best selling yeah, laptop. Why? The world's why? first being. Who's buying those? <laughs> Obviously, the, the first best selling was the, the MacBook Air, but um, yeah, apparently, and that kind of indicates that they're selling shed loads of these things there's probably very there's a lot of margin in them now because it's a, an old chassis isn't it's it so and old it's like a six year old design yeah but that's what apple does don't they and that's why we've had the same macbook air wedge design for so long because the, the older it gets the more profit they get out of that thing um and for whatever reason lots i don't, I don't know who's buying all these macbook pros um I don't know if you if you got any idea, but I, I, I guess it's probably businesses. It might be big bulk orders, possibly. Um, I guess if you've got a big team of designers or video editors or something, it would probably make sense to give them a bunch of those. Um, it's just such a weird product, isn't it? It sits in such a strange place within the lineup. Yeah, I don't. I don't think anyone should buy one. If if you are the sort of if you're looking at it, you go, oh well, it's got a fan in it, so it can sustain power for longer. If you if that is important to you, then you want the 14 inch MacBook Pro. That's what you exactly. want. You don't want this, whatever this is. And laughably, you can spec the MacBook Air up beyond the price of the base spec 14 inch MacBook Pro, which again doesn't make any sense because I think the base spec MacBook Pro. 14-inch version is a more capable machine. Well, it definitely is than the even the specced up MacBook Air. Yeah, I, I, that's always been the case, hasn't it? Because when you start getting up to like, your two terabytes of storage and stuff, then things start getting ridiculous, don't they? The, the, yes, the add-on yeah. prices, which again is why I've fallen back on this. Buy what I need today, and then when it becomes, you know, when it when it no longer meets my requirements, then buy another one tomorrow. And I don't feel bad about that in the way that I might have done previously for sustainability and all that sort of stuff. Because Apple are right into recycling, don't they? They make a big point of all their new machines. 
all the aluminium is recycled, they recycle this and that and the other. And so they're, they're really trying to get into this circular life cycle of, of raw materials. So I yeah. don't feel bad about that yeah. at all. No, no, I think it's, it's, it's fine, isn't it? Um, just very quickly, the M2, any, anything you want to say about the M2 chip? Uh, well, it's still the five nanometer processor. They managed to squeeze 18% more performance out of it. In, in just for the CPU part. The GPU part gets slightly more impressive gains depending on what you're doing. So they called out a couple of examples like, you know, ed- doing a workflow in Photoshop or whatever, which could be 40% faster. And that would be because of the increased memory bandwidth and more, more, more than anything. So the trouble is, is, so it's got 25% more transistors. It's a slightly larger die because they showed them side by side. So it's, probably it's not going to be as power efficient now you know with all their silly graphs and stuff that they were showing that that, that no one really understands but they kind of they're just there to, to vaguely visually illustrate the point they're trying to make they did not compare the performance per watt between the m2 and the m1 which if it were better no. they would have said so so that leads me to believe that it's it's probably worse <laughs> <laughs> although they still claim that they can get the 18 hours, 20 hours battery life out of it. But hmm. yeah, I, I still, I'm still of the opinion that the the computer that most people should get most of the time if they want a Mac, the M1 MacBook Air. Yeah. I think the most exciting thing about the M2 is the, the GPU side of things. You know, it's 10, up to 10 core now. It's got the ProRes yeah. encode, decode in it, which you would have thought they'd save that for the Pro models, wouldn't you? But you now get that even in, in a base spec M2, which... I don't know, if you do a lot of video editing and you need multiple 8K video streams, maybe it is worth that extra 250 quid or $200 to get to get that one. But again, if you're doing that, you want the 14-inch the MacBook Pro or above. You do, although I, I've, I've written about this today, actually. In, in I've not published it yet, but in, in today's um, article, that I think it would make sense for... Again, this is a very small subsection of Apple's market, but if your main... Uh, production machine was a Mac Studio, and it's in in your studio, and you use that ninety percent of the time. But occasionally, you have to head out, or you get stuck out somewhere traveling. It would make sense to get one of these MacBook Airs as a backup, as as a do it all laptop anyway. But also, you'd know that you've got something in your bag if you get stuck in an airport, for example, and you've got to finish off your eight K, whatever it might be, uh, YouTube video. You can do it on that machine, pretty much. It will get you, it will get you by, basically. Um, I've experienced that, as you know, with the with the base level M1 MacBook Air. It got got me out of a hole when I was in Canada. Um, I think this kind of steps that up a gear, got several gears. But that's such a small market, <laughs> such a small part of the user base. Um, but it, again, it, it it kind of indicates what this what what we've, what we've got to come really with the pro and the pro max versions of this chip which is pretty exciting um and just very quickly uh, someone uh, going back to the um episode of Matt break weekly that i was listening to earlier they made a point on there that this is clearly this will harm or presumably will harm m1 pro and m1 max sales because why would you buy an m1 pro or M1 Max 16-inch MacBook Pro at the moment, when clearly a new version of that chip is on the way. We don't know when. It's probably going to be this year, but who knows. Um, but Apple must take that into account. They must know that this new base-level M2 chip is going to stifle the sales of those Pro and Max chips that exist at the moment for the M1. I thought that was quite interesting. Um, I, per- I think that's a good point, because I-, I don't think I would. I think if I was looking to buy my 16-inch MacBook Pro now, I think I'd wait, because it's clear something else is coming 
I think in that car, in that, that, that for that that kind of user, if you need it today, then you need it today. True. And yeah. the yeah. the M2, although there will likely be an M2 Pro and M2 Max and M2 Ultra next year, that's no good to me now. And the yeah, the, the, the M1 Pro, M1 Max, M1 Ultra will be faster than the M2 today yes. as it stands. So, because yeah, it's 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 only a marginal increase, as I say. If the M2 were on a four nanometer or three nanometer process, it would be a, a, a huge leap. But it is, yeah. No one I, for everyday use, I don't think anyone's going to notice. And yeah, if you're doing that kind of work, you'd want a machine with an M1 Pro, an M1 Max, or an M1 yeah. Ultra on it. You won't be looking at the M1 uh, M2 MacBook Air. Put it that no. way. Um, I'm going to suggest something because we're now an hour Crikey. in and we haven't even covered Mac OS and iPad OS. Why don't we make this part one of a part two? All right. And if you're free next week, we could do uh, an interim show. What do you think? Yeah, if, you're, if you like. This is live eight or 16 planning <laughs> on the podcast itself. Very meta. There's so much stuff to talk, to, talk about. There is. It? While we're talking now, I was just looking and thinking, Crikey, we haven't even got to Mac OS yet. And then there's iPad OS. There's a lot to say about about iPadOS, I think, including it's something that it's made me do, which I didn't think it would make me do, which I'll reveal next week. This is a cliffhanger, actually. We've never done a cliffhanger before, um, which will either piss people off massively because they'll, be, they'll be thinking, why haven't they talked about the two, you know, two of the biggest operating systems? Um, or it might make people very happy because they've got something to look forward to next well, week. The other thing is, is you, you think? you've got enough devices that you could probably, between now and then, just go and get on the developer beta, go and try them out. Um, that's what I was thinking. I probably can. Not with all. I can't do much with iPadOS 16 for a, for a reason I'll explain next <laughs> week. But um, I can with I can with iOS definitely and, and macOS definitely. Um, I may if I get time I'll do that. But should we do that? Should we come back for a part two next week? Yeah, let's do that. Cool. Um, yeah, that'd be fun. Amazing. Well, that that, that would also be an eight or sixteen first. We don't, we, I don't think we, we've never. It's always been a two week interval between. I think we never had one go out one week after the next. I think that's the case, isn't it? Yeah. And you're not allowed to be more ill than you are now. You have to be a bit better. <laughs> yeah. I'll try and be less tired. I, hope, I think I'm on the tail end. I think I should be... I, I shouldn't say that. I'll, I'll be absolutely ruined when I ask you for trouble. So, but no, I think I feel better today than I did yesterday. Fingers crossed. All right. We'll, we'll reconvene next All week. Right. Awesome.